Well, looks like it's about time to get started. I get to share all the good stuff that I've been charged with this week. Are y'all ready? Okay, okay. So just to make sure you're ready, here we go. I got me a new pet newt. I did. Pet newt, N-E-W-T, newt. Yeah. Yeah. I call him Tiny. You know why I call him Tiny? Because he's minute. <laughs> there you go. That's the one to get it started with today. Lord, we just thank you for humor. We thank you, Father God, that you have a good sense of humor. Lord, I just, uh, I ask today, especially for this particular word, Lord, for your strength. I ask, Father God, for discernment. I don't want to miss a word today, Father God, because you showed me how important it is to understand this concept, Lord, and to, and to rely on this concept, Father God. So I thank you. And Lord, I just ask that our ears are open. Father God, that everything that you say, that we don't miss a word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we talked last week about who are you, and we went through a few things, and I'm going to just go back through some of this premises real quick, just to remind us uh, that we're, uh, according to uh, one of the teachings from Mr. Eric Moore, more we are called by our identity, not our action. Mr. Duncan asked us and says, you know who you are, don't you? And then he also said, we walk in a reflection of our ancestry. And then Mr. Wilson said, who do you say that I am? Who are your parents? Focusing on one of the things, one of the key things to our being is who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, we're not going to get anywhere. And then we talked about being created in the likeness and the image of God, his characteristics, his personality. We also talked uh, a little bit about uh, defining who we are. We, saw, we showed who Paul was, we showed who Jesus was, and we talked about who God was, and then we also talked about who the enemy was. And we based that off of the scripture in Acts where the, the sons of Sceva took it upon themselves to make war with the devil, and they got whooped because they didn't know who they were. So, in meditating on that this week, I understood that when we take hold of the free gift of salvation and we give our hearts and our lives to the Lord... Whether we understand it, realize it or not, we get a big red target on our back. A big red target. And guess what, guys? This is another thing that I realized. That target is not because of us. 
okay? It's not. It's nothing. It's nothing. We're nothing to the enemy except for the fact that we are a creation of the Most High God. And that is the thing that our enemy hates. He hates anything to do with the great I am. Which also led me to thinking about, well, God has a bigger target on our back. And you know what that target is? That target is to see that we look like His Son, Jesus Christ. So, whether you realize it or not, you're walking around with two targets smack dab in the middle of your back, right there. And you can't do anything to get rid of them. You can't shower them off. You can't walk them off. Uh, you can't go run away and get swallowed by a great fish and hide it that way. Nope. That target is still right there. So, um, let's, let's talk about that target for just... Well, no, 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 no. Let's go, go to 1 Corinthians 7.23. I need, I need to get this one. I need 1 Corinthians 7.23. We need to get this one out for a second. And I'm going to go before, before that one. I'm going to go back to uh, verse 17. This is, this is Paul, and he's talking to the Corinthian church. And in verse 17 he says, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. Now that's going to be part of your identity, ladies and gentlemen, how you're called. Okay? And so I, and so I ordain in all the churches, was anyone called circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while he was uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling. Do you remember when I was talking about identity? And I said that's the same person. Although thoughts and ideas may change, it's the same person. Keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Don't be concerned about, uh, about it. <laughs> but if you can be made be free, made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Um, can you relate? Anybody relate to that? Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Here it is, verse 17. And see, this is different. We use that you were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. We use that differently sometimes. But that's saying the price that he paid for us is for us to grow in the calling that we were called in. Okay? Okay. Brethren, let each one remain with God in the state with which he was called. Now, if you was the enemy and God said to stay as how I called you, what would you be doing? Trying everything to attack the very base of who you are and that is your calling. All right. 
Anybody in here old enough to remember Reader's Digest convent, condensed version books? You don't have to raise... No, what? Oh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, wait just a minute. Anybody in here old enough to remember Cliff's Notes? Okay, all right, okay. I'm in the right place. Okay. So here's what we got. We got this target on our back, okay? But we got to get, we got to, get to the basis of that. So we are going to do a condensed version of the book of Job. That one, you know, there's a couple of things that, that used to hang me up until I started this. So let's look at who Job is first. And the Bible says that in the land of Uz, there was a man whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. We've heard this before. Had seven sons, three daughters, and also his possession were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, a very large household. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. He was not a poor guy. He was not a man of no standing. He was, if you said the word Job in the country, everybody knew who he was. Very wealthy guy. And it, it talked about what he did. It says how he followed the Lord and followed the statutes uh, of the law. Okay? So it talks about that. And then it jumps down. Uh, it, it talks about Job, and all of a sudden we switch scenes. Okay? Here's the second scene. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Why did he come among them? Well, he was an angel, okay? And at that time, or uh, I guess he still had access to that council. And so the Lord talked to him and said, where you come from? And so Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Okay? How did he get access to the earth? Let's think about it. Adam and Eve allowed it. Adam and Eve allowed it. They gave up the dominion when they disobeyed God. Okay. So then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, and one who fears God and shuns evil. I'm going to tell you guys, for a long, long time, that verse right there hung me up. And here's why it hung me up. Because I didn't understand the meaning of the word considered. Okay? Let me uh, read that to you. I've got to get back to it here on the back side here. That's the Hebrew 38.24. It's the heart. It's also used for the feelings the will, and even the intellect, likewise for the center of anything. You know what that meant? That was not God saying, have you looked at Job over here? 
That's not it. That is not it. God is asking Satan if he set his heart on destroying Job. Let me let that sink in for a second. That is not God saying, hey, look at my boy Job here. He's upright. He's fearless. He shuns evil. Uh-uh. That is God seeing through Satan and saying, hey, look, have you set your heart on my man? Okay. And so Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and have increased, his, increased in land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to his face. And then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. Do you know what that statement says? I trust my boy. I have absolute 110% confidence in who I created. You know, yeah. love the way you're thinking. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. When we get done with this, I want each of us, including me, to start thinking in that direction. Let's keep going. Okay. And so Satan left the presence of the Lord. And then we know what happened. Job's family got messed up. Now, can you imagine that in one day, ladies and gentlemen? One day, you're a billionaire, poof, it's gone. Same day, every one of your children is killed. I mean, you know, sometimes we... We read the Bible and we go, you know, that's cool, that's a story, whatever. But the impact of losing every possession that we have and all the children that we raised, cared for, loved and prayed for every day, gone. That's a big one. That's a hit from the enemy to do what? To try to steal what? I mean, a lot of us, we put, we put some of our identity, really, in our family. I mean, that's part of our identity. Walk worthy of your ancestry. It's part of your legacy. That's where some roots are down deep. I mean, some of us have some confidence, I being one of them, I have to admit, seriously, 
some confidence and some possessions. Okay? We got, we got this that we're, we're anchored into. The Lord trusts us enough to say, okay, Satan, you can have it. And he took it. Thank you. Exactly. He had no idea about this meeting, y'all. <laughs> he had no idea that uh, you're going to be gone next week, buddy. Um, so, when it all happened, when this realization came in, uh, the word says he arose, he tore his robe, rent his clothing. He was so distraught, he rent his clothing. Uh, shaved his head. And then it says this. He fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, naked I came from my mother's room. And we talked about that. And naked I shall return. Here it is. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Huh? I just lost everything I have. I lost all my children. There's an attack on my identity. And what's the first thing he does? He lays it all down before the Lord and says, you gave it to me. It's yours anyways, not mine. You have the, you have the right to take it away. And it's just like, what was it, Pastor said the other week. Sometimes we sing that, but we really don't mean it. He gives and he takes away. This is something that in the times that we're in, ladies and gentlemen, that I, I firmly believe we really need to get a grip on in our head, our paradigms. Okay. It says, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. That's a pretty heavy duty statement. So he's in the midst of this agony, this grief, this, this lack of uh, possessions. And here we go again. Here's another meeting convened. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord asked him where he came from, and he said, I'm, I've been on the earth. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant, same word, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Again, have you set, you're still got your heart set on this man. I've given you this part. He's still my man. And here's our accuser. All right, you ready? The... Um, he still holds fast to his integrity, and although you incited me or pushed me to allow you to touch him, that's what it says, to destroy him without cause, he's blameless before the Lord. The Lord said it. Without cause. So Satan answered the Lord, skin for skin, yes, all that he has he will give for his life, but stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to his face. 
How much does God have of us? I'm going to tell y'all, honestly, I'm a weenie when it comes to my flesh. <laughs> I'm gonna scream. You can ask Cinda. If I'm a sick person, I am not a happy camper. I'm a wimp. I don't like my flesh being touched. Thank you. Ah, did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? My sister has encouraged me. I am not by myself. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yep. But God said, my grace oh, come on. is sufficient. There you go. That means God is going to empower us through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us yep. to face whatever obstacle comes our way. Amen. There is not a person in this room that hasn't had some tragedy. Come on. Yep. That struck them yep. out of nowhere. But they are sitting here today. Amen. That's Amen. Amen. Thank you. See, those are the things that I want to stir up in me and in us. Yes. Again. As the times are going. These are the anchors and the roots that we have got to lay down. These are the roots that we have got to get in deep so that we can accomplish the things that He has appointed us to accomplish. Good gracious, I've got to run. This is so, this is so good. Okay, so... Job gets these nasty old boils all over him, okay? And then in verse uh, 9, his wife says, Do you still hold fast? This is Job's wife. Do you still hold fast to your integrity, your character? Curse God and die. I'm going to take a quick side trip here. I want to look at the word character. From the 1947 Webster's Dictionary. This, this word character says it's to cut, to engrave. A distinctive mark made by cutting, stamping, or engraving as on stone, metal, or other hard material. A mark or a figure written or printed used to form words and communicate ideas. Now, here's a word I want you to hold on to for an upcoming session. The peculiar form of letters written or printed used by a particular person or people, 
the peculiar qualities impressed by nature or habit on a person which distinguishes him from others. Strongly marked, distinctive qualities of any kind. Okay? So hold on. Hold on to that one. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that coming up. But anyway, his wife says, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Here's a good one. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? The King James says in that word for adversity, evil, shall we not accept evil? Okay. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Okay. So here's the condensed part of this. This is an awesome book. But we do not have time, nor is this the same study for all of this. But we're going to skip forward. Briefly, Job's got a bunch of friends that come in and try to help him out. Here's one of the, but here is one thing that, um, that I wanted to read. This, this stood out for me. Wait a minute. I need to read this. Uh, his friends came in, in verse 13 of uh, chapter 2 it says, so, this is a side note, okay? So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. This is, this is to encourage us. I, I saw this and this jumped out at me. When a friend, a brother, or a sister has a huge adversity, we want to do what we can to comfort them. We want to help whenever we can help, right? I mean, that's just, that's just what we want to do. But sometimes, the only thing that we can do is to be there. And that's not a short thing, okay? That is not a short thing. His friends sat down and endured with him for a week. And nobody said anything. And that was okay. That is one way that we can give comfort. And it's scriptural. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. But we're there. And that brings comfort. That's good. That's extremely good. Yeah. 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 Then you're no longer safe with that person. Yeah. But you work through that. Yeah. You just realize you can't go that far with them. Exactly. And the adults, while I'm on the scripture, talk about where two or three are gathered together, his presence is there. Yeah. So like just them being there in support brought the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Exactly. <coughs> Until they open their mouths. <laughs> just as you were alluding to. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Then they opened their mouths, and they didn't exactly bring comfort. If you read through it there, they're talking about his sin, family sin, who, what, this, that, and all the other kind of things there. Uh, there's, a, there's one man that's, that's, holding his, uh, that's holding his peace until everybody else has spoken. I believe, uh, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's because he was the youngest. He was, uh, he was deferring. 
to the elders, and then uh, then he spoke. Now, um, and he spoke because there was one thing, one thing that Job had to deal with. <clears throat> Let's go. I'm gonna read out of verse thirty, uh, chapter thirty-five. Elihu answered and said, Do you think this is right? Do you say, and he's talking to Job, My righteousness is more than God's. For you say, What advantage will it be to you? What profit shall I have more than if I had sinned? I will answer you and your companions with you. Look, the heavens to see and the clouds behold, they are higher than you. All right, people, this is, this is one of the things that... that uh, it's easy to fall in. I've done it myself. But here's what we need to realize. If you sin, what do you accomplish against him? What do you accomplish against God if you sin? Or if your transgressions are multiplied, what do you do to him? Now we know we hurt his heart. We know that for a fact. But do we accomplish anything else? Absolutely not. If you are righteous... What do you give him? Or what does he receive from your hand? That is one of the traps that our enemy will use as we're walking along. Hurry up, I've got to get to the end of this. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. So I'm going to zip on up here. So after Elihu talks, then uh, the Lord speaks to Job. And he puts out about two and a half chapters of who he is. And in uh, chapter 40, Job has a moment to open his mouth after God. Well, let's, moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who, he who rebukes God, let him answer it. And then Job got his opportunity. He said, Behold, I'm vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand in my mouth. In other words, I'm shutting up. Once I've spoken, I did it before, but... I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will not go any further. I understand now. And then God continues to finish the correction. 
And then Job fell on his face. And he says, I know that you can do everything, and there's no purpose of yours that can be withheld from you. You ask, who hides his counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. Listen, please, and let me speak. I repeated that myself. You said, I will question you, and you will answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. We've heard that somewhere in the New Testament, haven't we? But now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. And then God restores him. And uh, let's see here. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends because God didn't like what his friends were saying to him to try also and distract him from who God was. So we need to continue to pray for each other, (laughs) especially this one here. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters in the end. Now, we went through all of that to get this. As a believer... As a blood-bought, price-paid-for son or daughter of the Lord Most High. The target that the enemy has on our backs is a limited edition. It only has this much authority. It will never go farther than what the Lord says it's allowed It cannot go beyond that. Now, why does God allow that? Job was a great guy, but he had one problem. He was self-righteous. So what did God do? He perfected Job, whom he'd already called a righteous man. He perfected him. He gave him twice as much fame as he had before. He blessed him. And he used the enemy to do it. Our God is an awesome God. He loves us beyond comprehension. He wants us to be perfect as he is perfect. And he will take whatever means necessary to do that. And we, our responsibility, is to allow it. To allow God to work through us. But not to get our perspective off of it. It's not. It is not. It is not. The enemy destroying us it is God perfecting us so when things come our way we need to try to remember 
to praise him in the storm. That to be our first thing. God, I, I hurt, but I know that you're using this for my good and your glory. You're using this for my good and your glory. Be glorified, God. Shine big, God. Work big, God. Because you are God. Amen? Amen? Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Seal it, I ask, Father God. Take whatever words that were mine, Lord, and get rid of them. Whatever words are yours, Lord, seal them. Help us to grow and to continue to be mighty in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.